0: This podcast contains paid advertisements, but more on that later. Welcome to the O'Connor Bootstrap Podcast, where I discuss how you can grow your business by the bootstraps. This applies to everyone with an entrepreneurial spirit that includes bootstrappers just starting out, established business owners, and business leaders. My goal is to help you grow both personally and professionally. I'm your host, Isaiah O'Connor. Welcome back to the O'Connor Bootstrap Podcast. We're going to jump right in with today's sponsor, which is Audible. What is Audible, if you don't already know? A collection of audio information. Books, podcasts, wellness programs, college lectures, etc. Online, they've got thousands and thousands of titles. But primarily books, of course, but these audiobooks are really amazing. Why do I like them? Well, I've always been one to listen to books being read. I read a lot. I'm an avid reader. I've read a ton of books, the old paperback style. But nowadays, I've got a 7-year-old and a 3-year-old. Both boys keep me pretty busy at home. I'm running my balloon business, I'm doing a podcast, and I'm pretty busy, so I don't have a lot of time to sit down and read like I used to. Well, having a audio book, though, that makes it a lot easier. And considering probably a good 70-75% of everything I talk about I've learned from reading I think reading is highly, highly important. And if you just don't have the time to read, well, Audible is the best thing you can do, especially if you're a bootstrapper, an entrepreneur, a business leader. Because you can listen in the car, you can listen while jogging or exercising or cleaning the kitchen or doing laundry. Whenever you're doing anything else that needs to be done that doesn't require a lot of brain activity, i.e. cleaning the dishes, then you can listen to a book and gain well-needed information. And I've come a long way because of this very thing. And today I'm going to recommend the book, which you can get for free with a free trial over at audible.com forward slash Bootstrap, that's Bootstrap with a capital B, audible.com forward slash capital B Bootstrap, is The Millionaire Next Door by Thomas J. Stanley. Now, with this book, by the way, if you sign up for the 14 day, uh, sorry, the 30 day free trial, that's $14.95 a month, you get this book, you can get to keep it forever and listen to it as many times as you want. But The Millionaire Next Door is an explanation of what the American millionaire is. And it's quite interesting what the standard millionaire looks like versus what the standard Hollywood portrayal of an American millionaire looks like are two totally separate things that have nothing really in common except for the money they make. Actually, not even that. But to to sum up, the most millionaires are first generation rich, like 80% most of them are small business owners, bootstrappers, you might say, who started their own business, who found some little niche market to market to and grew their business. And saved their money and grew their business and invested their money wisely. In other words, perfect for this podcast and our, my listeners. That's how they made their money, the most of them. And they live in the medium median income neighborhood with the medium priced house on the block. Not the most expensive, not the least expensive. They don't buy fancy cars. Most of them buy uh, locally made cars, or i.e. a Ford, for example, versus a very fancy Lexus. They don't drive fancy cars. They They just buy good, reliable, solid cars. They don't spend a lot of money on suits and ties. They don't buy caviar and crackers. They buy cheeseburgers and beer. They're just regular dudes. Hence the name, the Millionaire Next Door. And it's really, really a good insight of what makes a millionaire. And if you want to be financially successful, and if you think that you don't have a chance because you don't have a $50 million contract with Nike to play football or basketball or something like that, or you don't think you can become a celebrity in any way, shape, or form or win the lottery, well, this book is good news because. 80% 80% of the millionaires don't do any of that. They just work hard, they bootstrap, they save money, they live under their means, and they're just regular dudes. And on average, they do better than even the doctors and lawyers, which most people think you need to be to become wealthy. And I will probably be going to a full book review on that in the near future because it's, it's really an amazing book, very, very, very good information. So you can go get your free copy with a 30-day free trial at audible.com forward slash bootstrap with a capital B. And you go there. I will that does of course support the channel if you use that code, code bootstrap over there, audible.com forward slash bootstrap, and it will help out the show. And it's an amazing book. It's a great book, and you keep it forever with that free trial. So go check it out. Now to continue on this book. There's a chapter which leads directly into what I'm talking about today, and actually I was planning to go back to What Holds You Back series today, but because of something I heard yesterday on another podcast, I figured I would go with a uh, theme that I've thought about talking about before, and I just thought it was important, and that is the blessing of adversity. Now, how can adversity be a blessing? I mean, when things are hard, and times are tough, and things are, well, adverse, you know, like little things like a virus that shuts down the entire economy and the planet for a while, things can get hard, and it can really, really suck quite honestly and it's it's not easy I, I and it's no fun and it's not a happy time but the thing is within adversity there's a hidden blessing and this is very well detailed in a in kind of a way from the book The Millionaire Next Door and in Millionaire Next Door they talk about how a lot of the first time First generation, rich, wealthy people become wealthy is because they're immigrants. They go to America, come to America, penniless, short on their backs, and they have to struggle and fight and fight and claw their way to the top and work really, really hard and sacrifice everything to get where they eventually become. And they eventually make it, and they do really wonderful, and often do great things for the community and the country. You just never hear about them because they're not sensational. They're just average everyday dudes that don't make a good news story. And so, it's, they don't explicitly state in the book that I can remember, but it's almost as if, actually they talk about it a little bit, it's as if the Their adversity drives them. Matter of fact, I can't remember if it was in this one or its companion book, also great, The Millionaire Mind, which goes a little bit more in detail. A lot of these people are not the smartest. They're not the highest college graduates. One guy was a high school dropout, but it's because people kept telling him, you're not going to be able to succeed. You can't do this. You'll never amount to anything. You're a horrible person. You're too stupid, you're too too lazy, you're too whatever to succeed. They took that and used that as fuel in order to succeed. And so even adversity such as this, as being told that you can't do something, can be a blessing because it can fuel your ambition to succeed. And then there's the flip side of that, which will be a good lead into my next time I talk about what holds you back, which is laziness, is the part of the problem is when most of these millionaires make their money and they're now well off and they've their family's taken care of and everything's happy, then start to do what every good parent wants to do, and that is make a better life for their kids which is absolutely understandable and heartfelt and the right thing to want. And in doing so, they protect their children from the very thing they need to succeed, which is adversity. Now, these are the kids, the rich kids, the kids from privilege that you see in Hollywood. The people that are kind of lazy, a little stuck up, self-righteous, and feel like, the world owes them a living just for existing. And this is because in order to try to take care of their kids, the average millionaire kind of sort of puts their kids on adult child support. And they don't really empower their kids to grow and succeed because their kids never have to fight for anything. They don't have to learn through adversity, they never get a chance to struggle and fight and grow because of this. And so, when their parents die, eventually the money runs out. And well, I can't remember where, but somewhere I read to make a quote which was from rags to riches to rags again in three generations. And that's on about average. So, you have rags to riches, then the rich for one generation, and then the generation after that goes back to rags. The long-standing families that become wealthy and remain wealthy through multiple generations, like the Rothschilds or something like that, well, those are the very, very, very rare exception. And I believe the strongest point about this is because the ones in the middle never face adversity, so therefore they don't understand and what they have, they take it for granted, and they don't fight, they don't grow, and they never succeed because of this. And I've I seen it time and time again. I've seen it over and over again with different people's lives, different sports stars even. Matter of fact, sports stars quite often fall in the same trap as lotto winners, which is when they get famous and they get these huge contracts for a few years and then once the contract ends or they get sidelined from an injury or something and they're done, they don't know how to manage the money or deal with things or keep growing because they got a lucky break to become a sports star born with some natural talent and natural ability where they were able to get a full ride through college and full scholarship and they get into football and they make millions of dollars. And yeah, I'm not saying they don't put in effort and they don't face challenges, but when it comes to financial financial success, business success, very few of these guys do you ever see go on leaving sports and remain successful people. A lot of these people go out and a few years later are flat broke, bankrupt, and struggling to get by because they don't know how to deal with the success they've earned, and justly so, because they get used to just earning money just for being able to do what they do but as soon as that stops then if they haven't learned how to deal with adversity and build up again fresh then they they crash and burn really badly now there's an interesting story to this too way back in the the early sixteen hundreds, matter of fact, to be precise, in sixteen twenty seven, there was a boy born to a a family who were relatively well off, he was a lord or some sort of nobleman in England. But this lord who had wealth and riches and Estates and land and titles understood that his children, if they grew up as children of privilege, might become bad people, might become spoiled, rotten little brats, and not understand the value of what they had, and not understand the value of hard work, and not understand the value of what they have. So, When his sons and his daughters were three years old-ish and were weaned, they were sent off to go live with a poor family for the next few years, I do believe until they were seven or eight years old. Now, these kids knew that their parents were the wealthy landlords, but other than that, they ate the same food, They worked in the farm, they learned the chores, they learned how to work hard, and they learned what it was like to live live hand-to-mouth. And the Lord did not intervene, did not give them extra privileges or anything else. He let his kids learn the hard way what it was like to be poverty-stricken. Now, you may not agree with these methods today, it sounds a bit harsh big stream and being a dad myself, I don't think I could ever send my kids off to go live with someone else like that. It it would be too heartbreaking for me. However, I can understand where this guy was coming from, that he really wanted his kids to understand the privilege they had as a privilege, as something exceptional and something to be valued. Again, back to value and value statements. That's part of the thing is if you If you work hard for something, you value it a whole lot more than when it's just given to you. And that's par for the course. That's something very important. Again, value is very, very important to anything you do. And that's part of the blessing of adversity. When you go through adversity and you come through the other side, you value what you obtain from that much more than you would otherwise. So this kid grew up, um, got sent off with a private tour tutor on a tour around Europe to learn science and history and all the languages and everything else that was required of a young nobleman at that those times. But while he was on his journey, there was an uprising, I do believe, in Ireland where most of his dad's estates were. And his most of his family were killed, and nearly everything that they owned was lost and or destroyed in the uprising. And he wound up back in London. This I do believe he was 16 or 17 years old. He was pretty young, maybe 18. An old kid, absolutely penniless. I think he had maybe one or two pounds, if that, just enough to buy some food and maybe try to find some shelter. And he arrived. Fortunately for him, his sister had been married off to another lord who didn't suffer so badly and she took him in. So yeah, there's some element of luck and chance in here and some good blessings. And she told him that the one last property that his dad owned was his now and was just outside of London. I can't remember exactly where. So he went there and he found this piece of property and that was again blessing some luck now, of course there's always that but this property was losing money it was horribly managed it was really really just to pieces and yeah you could live there but that's about it it was it was falling apart the farms weren't being run well they were not making bringing in crops anything it was just probably the worst piece of property he could own, but at least it was his, so there's that. But because of his training in adversity, because of understanding what it was like to be broke and painless and finding, instead of going, oh, well, this sucks, oh, look, I've got something I can work with. He turned around, and he worked really hard. He got rid of the slacker manager. He fired him because he found out he was cheating and all this stuff, And he went and he worked really, really, really hard with his own two hands quite often out there working with the workers, cleaning up, not being afraid to get his hands dirty, and rebuilt the property and made it profitable again to the point where he became intimately wealthy again. Now, how is this important to us today? Well, this guy, going through all this adversity, had a keen interest in science and along with some other buddies you realize one of the most fundamental things about science that held it from growing was people not being willing to share their data people would learn a new way to forge metal and a new um, way or, or a new way to quench the material to make it harder or more malleable whatever And instead of sharing that so everyone could benefit, they would keep it a trade secret, not share this new discovery with anyone, except for maybe their sons and maybe their apprentice, and if either of those people died or all of them died, then that secret was lost to history. And this was a problem with science. And he realized that science could never progress unless people shared information. So he got some of his other buddies that were interested in science, he got a royal charter from the king, and he founded the Royal Society of London, which is where pretty much all of modern day science really got its start, because that's where people started sharing ideas, building on science, learning about the world, being curious, and growing, and Isaac Newton became a part of that, etc. Oh, by the way, this rich gentleman is named Robert Boyle. And he is famous for Boyle's Law, which is talking about the way gases work, compress, etc. And he helped discover oxygen, what was important about gas pressure, etc., barometers, all that good stuff was from this one guy. And I firmly believe that if he had been taken in and coddled and been raised up as the pampered rich brat, he would have never made all those discoveries. He would have never done what he did. And we may very well be still stuck in the dark age, and we wouldn't be having this conversation because maybe the internet would never have been invented. Who knows, maybe it would have been at this point in time, but you never know. Adversity, struggle, trial, hardship, is what made him the man he was. And being able to learn how to deal with it and go through is a huge blessing. Now, another blessing in this, and this is what I heard someone talk about in their business. They were talking about them growing up and them putting on plays and productions with a limited budget. And he said, you know, it's kind of funny When you don't have a large budget, you get really creative to make things work with your little budget, and that's what triggered this podcast, and I thought about that. Most bootstrappers, and if you're out there, you're a bootstrapper, you're just starting out, you know you probably don't have a lot of capital to start up with. That's kind of the whole point. You're not going out there getting a huge loan. You're not starting off with millions of dollars to start up with. You're starting off with a couple hundred bucks and you're starting up your own company. And when you're flat broke and you're struggling and things are hard, you learn to become creative. You learn to solve problems that crop up that if you had a lot of money, this is a quote from the you know, from the guy, if you have a lot of money, then the money becomes a solution. It doesn't force you to be creative, and that's a blessing because you learn how to come up with creative solutions. So that even later, when you do have a lot of money and you can just throw money at the problem, you don't. You find out the best solution because yeah, throwing money at a problem can work, but it may become come up with a solution that's not long, not, not a good one for the long term. Might fail in the long term. Or might work but be very very costly and can do it for far less money and far better and more efficient so yeah having not having a lot of money as a bootstrapper is a blessing in disguise it forces you to learn how to be creative it forces you to learn how to find the best possible solution the most efficient solution for the problem than just throwing money at the problem and so it, it's quite interesting. Um, and that was, by the way, that was the Ben Shapiro Sunday special special with his producer, Jeremy Boring. Quite the interesting story. And I don't really care where you lean on the political spectrum. I highly suggest that actual episode because he talks about business. He talks about his business grew. How his business overness collapsed from over success, and it was very, very much a business lesson as well as anything else. Highly recommend that episode. And so yeah, here's the point. When you're struggling and things are tough, look at it as a blessing. Because if you never have to fight, if you never have to struggle, then you're actually not likely to succeed succeed. And not only that, but you might Be set up for failure. Matter of fact, you might almost certainly be set up for failure. Matter of fact, I know one lady personally whose parents, when they died, left her and her sister something like two or three hundred thousand dollars each. And so they took that money and lived like an heiress for two years. And once the money was gone, they had to go out, get jobs, and they've been broke and struggling and not making it hardly at all. Just barely making it by, skating by by the skin of their teeth ever since. They have not done well because they never learned how to deal with the hardships with life, with money. They They inherited a huge amount of money, and they didn't know what to do with it. Because they didn't earn it themselves. They didn't value it. They didn't invest it. They didn't do anything with it except for live high in the hog for a while. And eventually wound up just working just over minimum wage. Working at, at security and other odd jobs just barely scraping by living in a little tiny apartment in the bad side of town. I mean, this is problem with not having adversity. So if you have an adversity, if things are tough, if things are hard and even bleak and looking hopeless, stop, take a step back, evaluate your situation, start with the most important thing, which I've said before, which I tell myself often, which is the very first most important step you need to realize that take a breath in, take a breath out, if you can do that and you're breathing then that's a very good start that's all you need you need to be breathing if you're not breathing then you'll you're you're having other problems but if you can breathe in and out and you can wake up to face the next day no matter how hard it is no matter what struggles you're facing and believe believe me i understand i've been in those tough times in those tough times living those tough times right now I'm just trying to fight through these hard times, fight through the adversity, put food on the table for my kids. This is hard. It's not fun. I. I it's not fun. Adversity is not fun. I'm not saying, oh, don't go. Oh, look, hey, I'm struggling right now. Let's throw a party because things suck so badly right now. It's great. No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> it's that you can go. You know what? This is hard. This is looking bleak. But if I push through right now, what I learn through this time, I can use to grow and come back stronger. The old saying, "But it doesn't kill you, makes you stronger." Yeah, it's that. So you can step step back, go, "Hey, this is hard times. What am I learning? How am I growing?" And just be thankful that you can experience hard times, because you come through these, and each time you go through a hard time. You can tackle them more because that's the last, last thought I have, which is what you learn through the times of adversity, you can apply to other times of adversity to grow through those times and get through them easier. Like my podcast back a few months ago, which is Your Business Death is Not the End, If even if you lose your business, which is a very real real prospect these days. matter of fact, I'm still facing that prospect with my balloon business. I'm barely scraping by with it. I'm barely paying the bills with it right now because of corona, because there's not a lot of big events, which is what I was kind of specializing in. You can take what you learn through the hard times to get you through the next hard times. You can take what you learn from starting a business to turn around and start up a new business if your former business fails. You can take it, you can learn, and the next time around you face the adversity, next time you struggle, the struggle won't be as hard. You'll still struggle, but it'll be easier. And the next time, it'll be easier. Next time, it'll be easier. Because you know what to do, and you're ready to go. So anyway, if you're out there and you're struggling right now, don't give up hope. If you're out there and you're not struggling right now, that's great. And if you're out there and you've never really struggled, then. That's also not a bad thing. But if you've never really struggled and you're not really going through a hard time, don't get comfortable. Don't don't go, hey, I've had an easy life and everything's very happy right now. Say, okay, I'm not struggling right now, but let's see how I can grow. Let me do you have to be more intentional. You can still grow, you can still succeed, but you have to be very intentional about it. You have to push through to grow and become a better person, better business person, etc. despite not having a lot of adversity, you have to find a way to do, break through that. Now, what that way is, I can't tell you because I've struggled a lot in my life. So I understand the adversity part. I don't understand the getting everything handed to me part. But there's ways to push through that. And there's success stories of people who have taken other money they inherited and turned around and gotten bigger and stronger with it, which is pretty amazing because it's pretty rare. Anyway, y'all have a great day. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. If you found value in this content, please leave a comment and give us a five-star rating on whichever podcast platform you use. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and most other podcast platforms. If you would like to support us, you can check out our sponsor links, or if you'd like to support us directly, you can donate or join our membership program at buymeacoffee.com forward slash bootstrap. Of course, it really helps when you share these podcasts with your friends as well. If you'd like to interact with me and other bootstrappers and leaders, you can join us over at our O'Connor Bootstrap Podcast Facebook group. You have been listening to the O'Connor Bootstrap Podcast an Athos Business Solutions podcast. For a companion podcast, the Athos Business Podcast, which is hosted by Jason St. Clair, past episodes and related blogs, please check out our website at www.athos.com, which is at www.athos.com or a atheoz.com. Until next time, I have been your friendly neighborhood entrepreneur, Isaiah O'Connor.